So this series today that, that I'm starting is actually in a response to the survey that you filled out last weekend, which thank you, by the way, for filling all those out. That helps us tremendously know just kind of where you are and the next steps that you're wanting to take. But we asked you to pick the top uh, five topics that you would want to do. And so some of y'all picked a couple, um, but we took everybody's cards, we collaborated them all together, and we got the top five topics um, for this series. So we're going to be answering your top five. So if you don't like these top five, it's your fault. Um, <laughs> And so here are the top five, and I, I want to tell you how we're going to this. I'm going to show you uh, how we're going to break this down over the next five weeks. And so today we're talking about God's plan for your life. This was the second largest um, checked off remark was, what is God's plan for my life? What does he have for me? We're going to dive into that today. Next weekend, I'm going to talk about how to hear God's voice. Then uh, Mother's Day weekend, I'm going to talk about how to handle stress. Come on, how many of you know? I thought about doing kids, but y'all don't want to talk about kids on your day. We'll talk about how to, how to handle the stress of kids. <laughs> we're going to talk about that on Mother's Day weekend. And then uh, the weekend after that, we're going to talk about how to forgive when you've been hurt or maybe when you're still hurting. And then we're going to wrap up this whole series with how to raise kids in today's culture, which, by the way, this was the number one asked, how to raise kids in today's culture. So I'm saving the best for last, and uh, we'll put that all at the end. And so today we're going to talk about what is God's plan for our life? And so if you have uh, your Bibles or you have some notes, go ahead and uh, pull those out. We're going to go to t Proverbs chapter 29. How many in here real quick, by show of hands, have an Apple phone? You have an iPhone. Raise your hand. Whoa, there's a lot of you. All right. 8 a.m., they're all other ones. Okay, so how many, you don't have an Apple phone, you have, a, you have another one, you have a phone that works? Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, supposedly, that's what they say. Okay, Listen. Mine works when it wants to. Okay, so I, uh, how many, I don't know about y'all, I love using the Hey Siri part of my phone. Um, the Hey Siri part has helped us tremendously um, when it comes to weather, when it comes to sports uh, scores, um, when it comes to arguments with my wife. Come on, Hey Siri, how do you really pronounce? Okay, no, we saying it. And so uh, I've lost a lot of battles in that one as well. Um, but how many wish that there was kind of like a hey Siri when it came to big questions in life? Like, hey Siri, do I date this guy? <laughs> hey Siri, do I give him my number? <laughs> hey Siri, do I go to college? Do I go to trade school? Hey Siri, should we get married? Should we not get married? Hey Siri, do we have, can we have kids? How many kids? When is the quiver full? Okay, when is it ever full? I mean, when, when do we know? Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's some things in the Bible that it just does not give detailed specifics on, and those might be some of those things in our lives. Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? There's no Bible verse that you can just open up and it just says, take the job. How many wish there was a Bible verse that would say, hey, marry him, you know? Um, now, there's guidelines and all those kind of things, but there really is not... Um, a, a clear strategic thing on what to do uh, when it comes to a lot of the questions that we have. Um, how do I raise this child? How do I raise this child? How do I, you know, how do I deal with, uh, do, do I take them off life support? Do I not? I mean, there's some really big stuff and some things. Do I buy this house? Do I not buy this house? Do I get the, do I get a minivan finally because my wife's been begging me for it? Yes, you do. Okay, I just want to let you know. Uh, do I, what, what do we do in these situations? And so, we can use the Bible for some guidance and some wisdom, but at the end of the day, one of the biggest questions I think that we ask is, what's God's plan for my life? 
What, what does God have for me? What does he want me to do? Now, undoubtedly, it's, this was the second biggest topic that you wanted to know the answer for. So undoubtedly, there's a number of you in the room that really don't know what that is, or you're trying to figure out if maybe you're on the right path uh, to where that is. So I want to dive into scripture today, and let, let's let God's word do the work today. Proverbs chapter 29 tells us this way. It's in the message translation, so I love the way it kind of speaks to this, and it says, if people can't, everybody tell me this word right here. People can't, if you can't see, if you can't see what God is doing, they, they stumble all over themselves. And this is so true that when people cannot see what God is doing all around them, that they can so easily stumble, uh, stumble over their finances and stumbling in their marriages and stumbling in their friendships and stumbling in life because, because we can't see. If you've ever been a place where you can't see, then, then stumbling is extremely easy to do. But, I love the but, but when, when they attend to what he reveals, they're what? They're most blessed. That, that when we can understand what God wants us to do, and we can see what God wants us to do, you will experience the blessed life. How many in here want the blessed life? Anybody in here? Okay, so we need to then be able to see what God sees. So we can do what God wants us to do. Now, um, how many of you have ever uh, been to a mall and you've seen one of these right here? Y'all seen one of these right here? Yeah, y'all ever been to the mall? I'm not talking about Walmart, okay? Not Walmart. Okay, that's Jennings Mall, but I'm going to talk about like a real mall. Um, I've been to a real mall, um, and, and if it's one of those really, really big ones, if you've ever been to one that's a, a, a pretty big one, and, and I'm the type of guy, like if I'm going to go to the mall... I'm going to the mall on a purpose, for a purpose, strategically to go to a store or maybe a couple stores. But I have those stores in mind of where I'm going. I don't just go to the mall to have fun. Mall for me is not fun. Um, but if I'm going, I'm going to track one of these real quick as fast as I can because I want to see where my store is so I can get in and get out. Can I get an amen from the men? Okay, let's get in and get out. Okay, we're on a mission here. All right. All right. But that's not how a woman shops, by the way. She'll come to the store, they'll bypass this, and they'll be like, where is Payless? Where is Payless? And they will walk seven miles in that mall to pass probably Payless seven times, and then they'll finally get to Payless. This is how, this is how it works. But if you, if you want to go to Sears, or if you want to go to Macy's, if you want to go to any of these places, one of the first things that you're going to do usually is you're going to find out the part that it says, you are here. You are here. Now, if I'm looking at this map, the first place I'm stopping is Cinnabon. Okay, anybody with me? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Got to stop there. Okay. Um, but you're going to look on this map, and you're going to try to find, okay, where am I at in comparison to where I want to go? Now, according to the last verse, it says that when people see what God is doing, they are most blessed. When, when they see where God wants them to go. Now, for us, how many of you wish that God when it came to your life, had a map that looked like this. And you could just be like, okay, where am I at? You know, oh, I'm at Victoria's Secret. Get out of here. Okay. No, so, um, but if you were, if you could see along the map how far you still had to go, but also maybe how far you've come, it might be a little encouraging. But how many of you know God doesn't usually give you a map that just looks like this when it comes like your destiny, which is not Sears. Okay. Um, but we need to understand that, that God does have purposes and he does have plans for us, but in order for you to get where God wants you to go, you first got to know where you are today. Where are you 
today, like right now. I, I think oftentimes we want to go and, and look into the future, but you don't realize where you are right now. And can I just say it this way? I think so much of us are settling for less. We're settling for less. God wants to bring us to some of the greatest places, but we have settled for the little stores. And God's got great big things in store for our lives, but we have, we have settled for the little things in our lives. And so I, I want to share with you four things real quick that are kind of core values of our church. Uh, if you've been around here for any duration of time, we share these every single week um, and just kind of want to refresh us as to why this is so important because we've got to start with the, where are you? Where are you? So if you're taking some notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing that, that we want every person in this room to experience is, is we want you to know God. We want you to know God. Not to know God in a religion, not to know God in traditions, not to know God in rituals, but to know God in a relationship. How many of you are thankful that we have a relationship God that wants to have a relationship with you? And God doesn't want you just to attend church. How many of you know he wants you to be the church? But in order to be the church, you gotta know God. You gotta know him personally. Now, once you know God, 113 people last week that really experienced knowing God last week, and now that, we read a verse last week that said that the same spirit of God that, that lives in him lives in who? It lives in you. So the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So now that you know God, not just in your head, but you've experienced God and you know him personally, now you can do what number two is, which is find freedom. That is a part of everything that we want to help you accomplish here in this church is not only just to know God, but for you to begin to find freedom in your life. And how many know now that you know God, the spirit of God lives inside of you and he can help you find freedom in areas that you could never find freedom in. Now, what, what, what are you talking about find freedom? Find freedom in what? In the one thing or the couple of things in your life that you knew if they weren't in your life, your life would be most blessed. What is that one thing right now that you really, really struggle through um, personally? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a painful past. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but all of us have walked in here with something that has scarred us, marked us, holds us back. God's desire is once you start to know him that he can begin to help you find freedom in each one of those areas of your life. Because the truth is you can't see the future until you settle the past. Let me say that again. You can't see the future until you settle the past. Some of us are looking at our rearview mirror way more than the big windshield in front of us. And how many know you can't drive by staring at the rearview mirror all the time? You got to get past the rearview mirror and you, you can glance at it, but you've got a windshield in front of you, which if you can get to a place where you begin to really find freedom, which how many of you getting excited about Freedom Weekend next weekend? Come on, it's coming. Come on. It's awesome. Um, I'm excited. I'll be there as well. And we got an incredible group of people that are going. It's going to be a great weekend. And uh, that's a part of us discovering freedom and finding freedom in our lives. It's not the whole thing. But being in life groups is a way that we help people begin to find freedom in their life. Once you find freedom, here's the cool part. Now it starts getting fun because you can do the third thing, which is discover purpose. You can begin to discover purpose. And here's what I know. Most people in here are searching for this, but haven't discovered it. They're on the search for it, but they haven't discovered it. They haven't really truly discovered what this really looks like in their lives. But once you do find what your purpose is in life, you can ultimately do what you were most created for, and that is to make a difference. 
That is to make a difference. Every person in this room was created with a purpose to make a difference. So with that being said, I want you to fill this in in your notes because this is huge here. Every person, I want you to hear this. You will never be satisfied making a dollar when your purpose is to make a difference. You will never be satisfied making a dollar when your whole purpose in life was to make a difference. You, from the beginning of our childhood, we're asked this one question. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And we all have dreams and we all have aspirations and we all have these things. And a lot of it was built out when we were kids about what we were passionate about and what we loved and what we wanted to do. And then we got older and then it wasn't just about what I wanted to do anymore. Now it was just how can I make the most money? And we pursued money and we pursued a career and we pursued all these things. And then you realize that life still is not fulfilling And you're wondering why, because now you're working all these crazy hours and you got all this money and you got all this stuff that people said if you were to have all this money and all this stuff that life would be great and now you have it all but you're still not great. Because you were never created just to make a dollar, you were created to make a difference. Can I get a better amen in this 930 service? This is what God has called us as Christians to do. Now, when we talk about discovering purpose, I want you to hear me. The, la- the last survey that I'd, that I'd heard said that 87% of Christians don't know their purpose. 87% of Christians don't know their purpose. Now, the body of Christ is what the Bible calls us as a church, the body of Christ, that we are the body of Christ. I want you to imagine this for a moment. What would our body look like if 87% of it didn't know how to act? Think about how jacked up of a body that would be if 80% of your body, you know, wanted to be different parts. (laughs) The arm wanted to be a foot, the foot wanted to be a mouth, the mouth wanted to be an elbow. I mean, it's just weird, you know. God has called us as a body, uh, the body of Christ, to come together. But it's so important that you understand your role. And if if this is true, 87% of Christians don't understand their spiritual gifts and their purposes and, 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 and the plans of God that, they have, that God has for them, how much more could we do if that 80% started discovering what God had for them? So that is what today is all about. It's all about us looking at this question of what is God's plan for our life. Now, Romans chapter 12 says it this way. In verse 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of what? of this world, I think the reason why 87% of people don't understand their calling and their gifting is because they're trying to copy the bad pattern. The world's pattern. Come on, how many know the world's pattern's broke? It doesn't work. And so if you're trying to pursue your purpose based off of what the world says, you're gonna, it's just, it's gonna always end up making you frustrated. It says, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing, this is how God transforms us, by the way. He changes the way you what? He changes the way you think. Come on, how many know we all got stinking thinking? And you walk up into this church and God begins, this is what he does. It's almost like he baptized, the, the Bible is spoken as like it's water. And like God comes and he puts us, it's literally like he baptizes us and takes all the stinking thinking and washes us with the water as Ephesians 5 says, and now we can see things clearly, we can, we can hear things more clearly, we see things differently. I hope every Sunday that you come, you walk out of here thinking differently than you walked in. That's my prayer. Not thinking how I want you to think, thinking about how God's word wants you to think. Because when you think how God wants you to think, he transforms you. Now watch this, this is, so, this is such a coolest part. It's so simple. 
When you think the way God thinks, then you will learn to know the questions everybody's asking. What's God's will for my life? You want to know what God's will for your life? Begin to think like he thinks. And when you think like he thinks, you're going to begin to know God's will for you. This is God's will, by the way. It's good. It's pleasing. And it's perfect. Can I say this? Anything that is not those things is not God's will. So God is working, even in the hardships, even in the difficult moments. So I want, to, I want to share with us the enemies of our purpose, the enemies of God's plan for our lives. There's three enemies that we have to combat all the time when it comes to understanding what God's plan is for our lives. Here's the first one, confusion. Confusion. So the Apostle Paul would say it like this, I don't want you to be ignorant about the, the um, spiritual gifts that I've given you, that God has put gifts inside of each and every single one. He's put talents. He's put personalities. He's wired you in such a way that you need to understand why he's wired you that way. And, and the Apostle Paul was always telling them, I want you to know what your gift is. I want you to know what you, in 1 Corinthians, he's telling us all about the different parts of the body. And you need to understand what your parts are. And there's so many people that are confused as to what that is, which is why we created Next Step in the first place. So Next Step is, happens on the first Sunday and the second Sunday of every month during the 1115 service. And it's not designed to make you just become a member of our church. It's designed to help you discover your purpose. It's designed to help you begin the process of learning why God wired you the way he did and why is that for a reason? How did he do that? And so in, in Next Step, we'll, we'll ask questions like, what are you passionate about? What do you love? What do you hate? What has been your experiences? What are your spiritual gifts? What is your personality profile? Like, what's your personality giftings? And we'll start asking you all these questions. You go, why are you asking me all these questions? Because the answers to those begin to reveal what God has for your life. So if you've never been through Next Step, next Sunday kicks off again. It's a great opportunity to kickstart that. So first one is confusion, and we want to help you get clarity in that. The second one is comparison. One of the reasons why people are not discovering God's purpose is because they're so focused on everybody else's. And so, come on, how many know, I just read a statistic the other day that said the more time people spend on social media, the more depressed they are. Do y'all believe that to be true? More time that you scroll, 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 uh, scroll, 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 wish I had a house like that. Scroll, 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 I wish I had her hair. It's fake anyways. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Come on, somebody. <laughs> wish I had his body. I wish I had her job. I wish I had that thing. And you scroll, scroll, scroll. Man, I wish I could do that. Scroll, scroll. And by the way, pastors can fall into the same trap because we scroll and just see other churches. I could, I could want to be like T.D. Jakes. You ain't getting T.D. Jakes. You'd be getting T.D. Fakes around here, okay? Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> because you don't need T.D. Jakes. You need Josh Bell. You need, come on. You, <laughs> thanks brother-in-law, appreciate that. <laughs> I'll pay you later. Uh, and listen, our world doesn't need another or somebody else, they need you. Stop trying to be everybody else when God's given you what you need for your purpose. And we are so comparison-driven, we, we compare everything with everybody else. Like we want everything that everybody else has. And I'm telling you, man, God's got something specific for you. 
And, and you will always be dissatisfied and you will always be frustrated because you're trying to do somebody else's plan and purposes, not with the giftings that God gave them to do it. But he gave you specific personalities and giftings to do what God's calling you to do. So let's, let's stop looking at everybody else's and let's focus in on what God wants me to do. And then number three is a counterfeit. So we got confusion and we got comparison and then we got counterfeit. And here's what I mean by counterfeit. Some of you have been sold a lie that if you just go find a really good job, you'll be ultimately fulfilled in life. You don't need a career. You need a calling. Listen to me closely. You don't need a career. You need a calling. You need to pursue the call of God on your life. And you've been told from a young age, just go to college, just get a good job, just make good money, just find a good wife, just get a good house, just get a good stuff. You'll be fine. That's really where life is fulfilled. That's where everything is. And I know some of the richest people that are some of the most frustrated. And then I know people who don't have anything but are the most joyful. And I, I pray you have tons of money. Okay, I pray you have tons of money and you can finance the kingdom and I pray that you have a great job and I pray all those things, but there's nothing wrong with those things. But if you're pursuing those things to try to get something out of those things, they'll always come up short because you're going to buy into this counterfeit lie. And if you are dissatisfied right now in life, it's probably because you're pursuing something that God never made for you. So that's why maybe going to college right now, you're so frustrated because maybe you weren't called to do that, but you were just doing that because that's what everybody else is doing. Or maybe you went into that career or you went into that job because it's just the only one and I don't know how am I going to get paid. I mean, that's just what every guy in Louisiana does. That's just what we do, isn't it? So I just got to go do that. And now you are so frustrated with your job. Because you just bought into this lie that if I just hurry up and just go get a job and just do what everybody else does, then I'll, be, I'll eventually be satisfied. And now you've been 20, 30 years in a job that you've hated for 20 or 30 years. Because you don't need a career. You need a calling. Now, can God use a career and a calling? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that, okay, well, what do you mean, Pastor Josh? Like, we all quit our jobs? No, please don't. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is you've got to have something greater in your life than just your job, and you've got to find a way that within your job to find the calling of God even in the midst of it. Y'all know David was a shepherd, but God had a call on his life. Paul was a tent maker, but God had a call on his life. I mean, we can go through Peter and all of them were fishermen, but God had calls on their life, and so you can still use your career to fulfill the call of God on your life, but you need to do that. Now, with that being said, I love this point. God made you for a purpose before he made you. This is cool. This isn't in your notes. This is extra. God made you for a purpose before he made you. Let me show you. Psalm says it this way. David, David put it. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Come on. Anybody in here feel complicated? Just like you are complicated. Thank the Lord. Okay. That's him. And he says, watch this, watch how he says this. This is so cool. The next verse, he says it this way. You throw the next, there we go. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You saw me before I was, before I was born. Watch this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know what that tells me? 
God made your purpose before he made you. Like God didn't make you and then go, hmm, what are we going to do with this piece of work? Mm, let's see, Jennings. Mm-hmm. She's going to be short. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't do that. He said, this is what he did. Okay, I got a purpose. I need someone to reach this area. I need someone to do this. Okay, now because of that, she needs to be this tall. She needs to be opinionated. She needs to be, <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to have this personality in him. He needs to be an analytical thinker. He needs to have this and he, ne- he needs to have this. Like the purpose was already planned and then he customized you to what his plan was. Are y'all with me? Like some of y'all think you're an accident. You're not, like you were thought out. Like he thought through what his plan was. Let me put it another way that may, may help you. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. So we have a motto on our dream team, and uh, you'll see some of the people that wear this dream team shirt, and it says, I was made for this. I was made for this. Now, side note real quick, we went and saw the Avengers Endgame this week. Go see it. It's awesome. Not revealing anything to you, but it's amazing. And there's one character in there that says this, and I thought, this is so cool. Right before he's about to do something, he said, I was made for this. And I thought, he's on the dream team. (laughs) We have Avengers on the dream team. I thought it was the coolest thing. You'll see it. Go watch the movie, and now you're looking for it. But my dream as, our, as, as the pastor of this church has never been to fill a room. It has just always been to help people find their call and fulfill what God's call is on their life. Amen. Which, by the way, when you do that, you'll fill a room. Because everybody wants to know what their purpose is. Everybody wants to know what God's calling them to do. So how does God reveal his purposes to us? So this is what I did. Went through scripture and, I, and, and looked at different ways that God called different people to reveal his plans and his purposes for their life. And there's different, he, he never did one size fits all. He did the, mo, the he, for Moses, he did the burning bush. You know what? He never did that again. Like he, every, everybody's like, I need a burning bush. He's not doing it again, y'all. Did it for Moses. That was it. So, so we can't, we can't say that everybody's got to have it done this way. So I want to show you just four. There's a number of different ways, but I want to show you four ways that God can reveal his purpose and his plans for you. Here's the first one, a call from birth, a call from birth. So this is for those of you in here that maybe early in life, you started sensing just a passion for something. I've heard, I've heard teachers say, you know, from a young age, I knew that I always wanted to grow up and be a teacher. Or, or, or I've heard guys say, you know, I always grew up and I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be like what my dad was. Like I wanted to take on his trade. Like I always knew that from a young age. That was just something I was passionate about. I really wanted to do that. Or, or moms that said, I just loved kids. They babysat kids all the time. It was like, I just knew that I was going to grow up and I was just going to be with kids all the time. I, I, I wanted to be a mom. That there are those of you in here that even from a young age, you just started feeling these things. But here's, here's what I know as well, that there's those of you in here, you knew that from a young age, these little dreams and these visions inside of you, but life happened. And you got pregnant before you were supposed to. And your plan, which was like this, ended up going like this. And because life happened, and maybe marriage happened, and then kids happened, and then... 
Maybe a tragedy happened. It, it didn't go the way that you, you had your plan. I had the plan, God. And it didn't go the way the plan was. Come on, I'm here today to tell you that even when your plans don't go, come on, how many know God can still bring his plans into fulfillment? And we see that, yeah. We see that Jeremiah chapter one, verse four through eight says, before I formed you in the womb. Now look at this. Before I formed you, I what? I knew you. Before I even formed you, before you were in, even in your mother's belly, I knew you. Which, by the way, if your parents have ever said you're an accident, you're not. They're an accident. No, I'm joking. Don't understand that. <laughs> don't say that to them. Don't say that. But you're not an accident. There's no oops. Now, it might have been an oops for you, but there's no oops for God. He says, I knew you before you were born. Now, watch this. And I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. Come on, how many know we got, we're full of excuses of why we can't do things for God? Um, and, and so the Lord says to him, don't say I'm too young. Don't say... He says, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to and do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is what God is telling him. Now, believe it or not, um, I'm the oldest in our family. I have two younger siblings. I have a younger sister who's actually back here in the back. Wave of Joe. Okay, that's my sister back there. Um, and then I have a brother who lives in Dubai. And, um, and growing up, I was very shy. I was very shy. My brother, on the other hand, is very outgoing. Like, everybody loved my brother. They tolerated me. Okay, it's just kind of one of those. This, this is the truth. I didn't really like being around people. I was perfectly fine playing by myself. I was perfectly fine not being around. I didn't, I didn't like being around people. I didn't like talking in front of people. And look what I do now. <laughs> look what the Lord has done. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to tell you that even though maybe at a young age there's things that people said you would never do, don't listen to those things because how many know God can still take you and do great things through you no matter what anybody tells you? So maybe it's a calling from birth. Maybe it's just something you've been sensing from a, uh, from a young age, that there's something that God's putting inside of me. Or maybe it's the second way. This is the second way is there's a growing awareness, a growing awareness, meaning that you begin to discover your purpose over time. Now, if you know the story of Joseph in the Bible, Joseph, um, from, a, from a young age, a teenager, was given a dream by God that one day he would be in charge and his family would bow down to him, that his brothers would bow down to him. Now, the problem was he was a fool and he told his brothers that. <laughs> I mean, no, your brothers don't really like that too much. Um, you're going to one day bow down to me. So they did what any brothers would do that told you that we'd, we'd, we'd throw you in a pit. Um, and so they threw him in a pit, sold him off in slavery, and here we are. Joseph begins to go into Potiphar's house. He serves in Potiphar's house. He's serving there, um, just trying to do what he can, and uh, Potiphar's wife sees a little Hebrew chunk of meat and says, mm, give me some of that, and um, he says, get behind me, and uh, she says, nope, and she takes off his clothes. He runs, and then she accuses him of doing something. He gets thrown in prison. He's in prison, all yet again reminding that he had a dream, one day that he was going to be in charge, and here he is in prison, and he served majority of his life in prison. And yet in that time, God was elevating him, elevating, elevating, elevating. He eventually went and, and uh, interpreted a dream, and God put him second in charge. And his brothers come back around. There's a drought, and his brothers come back around, and they come to beg for food, and not knowing that it is their brother that they tried to kill who is in charge. 
And their brother says this, Joseph says this to his brothers, watch. So this is the big moment. We'll talk a lot more about this when we talk about forgiveness. But this is huge, I wanna show you a different part of this. Joseph says, hey guys, listen, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for all for good. Which by the way, let's pause there for a moment. How many know God never wastes pain, God can take your most painful moments and turn it for good? Come on, you glad that God can do that in here? You intended it to harm me, you intended it to hurt me, you intended it to stop me, but God intended it for good. Now watch this. He brought me to this position. God brought me to this position. God elevated me. Why? So I could save the lives of many people. So I could save the lives of many people. So I want you to hear me very closely is that oftentimes our purpose and God's plan for our life is revealed over time. It becomes a growing awareness over time that as you get older, you begin to start looking back at the, the things that happened in your life and the pain that happened in your life and the problems that happened in your life and you look back and you realize God was shaping that. God didn't cause it, but he was shaping it the whole time, getting you to a place. How many of you know he would have never been second in charge if his brothers wouldn't have thrown him in the pit? And then in the prison. And then God was using all that every single step in the way. Which, by the way, also reminds us that if you really want to understand your purpose, you need to serve your way into your purpose. Let me put it this way. Most of us in here do something like this. God, what's your plan for my life? Tell me. And it's just like that. Crickets. God, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Nothing. That's why most of you, I think, picked what's God's plan for your life. Because you're sitting there wondering, God, what's your plan for life? What's your plan? And you don't realize God's plan for your life gets revealed as you're moving, as you're serving. Joseph was in the pit, and yet he knew God had a plan for his life. He went to Potiphar's house. You know what he was doing when he was in Potiphar's house? Serving Potiphar. You know what happened when he got into prison? You know what he's doing in prison? Serving in the prison. And the Bible says God elevated him to the leader in the prison. And you know how he got out of prison? Serving Potiphar by interpreting the dream. Some of you think that the way that you're going to hear God's voice is God's going to like, in the middle of the night in a dream, come down. And he's going to be like, hello. <laughs> I don't know if he talks like that. That's just how I picture how he would talk. You are to be this. And here's the plan. And here's all that. And you don't realize that oftentimes you discover your purpose as you're moving. You cannot steer a parked car. So if you want to go on the journey that God has for you, ah, ah, let's go. You got to get moving. So you got to serve your way into that. You will not discover God's purpose sitting in a red seat. It's just not happening. It's not happening. You got to get out there and you got to be moving and you got to go into all that God has for you so slowly. Whatever's in your hand that you have, do it with all of your heart. Whatever God has given you right now, do it with all your heart and God will begin. To, how many know God can open doors that you can't open? Which leads to number three, walk through the open doors. You want to discover God's purpose for your life? Walk through the open doors. This is what we see Esther did. Esther <coughs> is a Jewish woman living in a Babylonian pagan culture. <clears throat> and in those days, uh, she was the outsider. She was the misfit. She didn't belong there. Uh, and the king at that time wanted to show off his wife. So he beckoned his wife to come and show him off in front of all of his friends. And his wife was like, uh -uh, I ain't having that. And he was like, you know what he did? You're fired. You fired his wife. God had some. Anyways, he fired his wife. <laughs> You're not queen anymore. And you know what he said? I can replace you. I'm going to host a beauty pageant. 
and he hosts, this is true, go read your Bible, it's the funnest thing ever, by the way. He hosts a beauty pageant, and Esther gets put into this beauty pageant as a Jew in a Babylonian uh, beauty pageant, and she gets chosen as, you know, Miss Babylonian. I mean, this is her. She gets, she gets picked. She is now the queen of the king of Babylon. She is now the queen, and, and she's trying to figure out why in the world am I, am I in, in this? Now, there was other people in the royal court that hated the Jewish people, and they were trying to extinguish and kill all of the Jewish people, and uh, Esther's uncle comes up to her and says, do you maybe think that there's a reason why you were chosen to be queen. And this is what he says. This is his words right here. He says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arrive from some other place. But you and your relatives, they're going to die. Like, this is a serious situation. Like, we're all going to die. I'm glad you're enjoying the queen life, but we're all going to die here if you don't do something about this. Now watch. This is what he says. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. I love this for multiple things. First off, I love that the fact that he says, perhaps, any of y'all when it comes to the will of God and you're about to make a decision, you're like, do I do this or not? And you're like, perhaps, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do I do this, do I not do this? Perhaps, perhaps, maybe, just, just maybe, and then I love that he takes his perhaps and he says, hey, listen, hey, queen, guess what? You were made for this. And not only were you made for this, you were made for this at such a time as this. You know, I was, I was always, uh, people would always ask, I know Pastor Bubba and I, why, did, why would you come to Jennings? Well, in the last 19 years, come on, I mean, you know, our, our, our city has not been known for the greatest things. So guess what? He puts our Savior's church for such a time as this. Guess why he puts you in this city for such a time as this? Guess why you were born right now instead of in the 1850s for such a time as this? And so, so many people are like, I'm so scared. The times are getting so dark. No, listen, God is putting our children and our people for such a time as this. God is using us for such a time as this. When God thought about who can reach this region, he created you and me for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Such a time as this. And you better make sure that you walk through the doors that God opens. And this is, by the way, how our church even got started, was just open doors that happened. This is how Eunice got started for us. A lady called our church and said, hey, I heard y'all starting a church in Eunice. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> and, and I remember Pastor Bo was like, hey, we're starting, he invited me into his office. Hey, this lady says we're starting a church in Eunice. Are, we, are you starting a church? I'm not starting a church in Eunice. Are you starting a church? No, I'm not starting a church. You want to start a church in Eunice? Sure. <laughs> And we went to Eunice, and now Eunice is over 200 people from just going to a call. We started in a, in a salon. Come on, our first Sunday was in a salon. I was just, I was in the salon chairs, just, <laughs> y'all need Jesus. All right. I mean, this is how it's happened. I mean, this is how our church has been birthed. It's just been open doors. It's just been open doors. I, the whole reason I'm in Louisiana is just because of open doors. You know, I mean, there was a lot of drama that happened in my family, and I remember Pastor Jacob called my mom and said, hey, I got a spot at our summer camp. If Josh wants to come, he can come for free. It's an open door. So I came. And then as a part of being at the camp, I found out about the internship that they were doing at the church, and so I went. And then 
was like, man, I really want to do that. I remember going back home. And for those that don't know, my, my, uh, at that time, my father had left our, our family. We were going through a lot of traumatic stuff. And, I, and I'm the oldest. And I was thinking, I got to take care of my family. Like my mom had never worked a day in her life, ever. And I'm thinking, this is my moment. This, such a time as this, I, I, I'm the man of the home. I got to take care of my brothers and sisters and I got to take care of my, of my mom. And I remember my mom walking into my room one day. She looked at me and she said, Josh, you're not my provider. She said, you have a call of God on your life and you need to make sure that you go fulfill it. You don't have to take care of me. That next week, I, I drove to Louisiana, and I moved here. And then I, I remember being in the internship and them going, hey, we're going to go help in Jennings. You want to go? I was like, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Call Miss Tracy. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Where? <laughs> and yet, like, God still works on you. He says, all right. And I remember just coming and just serving. And then, you know, just weeks into that, just... Uh, are months into that, Pastor Bubba coming and saying, hey, you want to be our youth pastor? And I'm thinking, I'm 18. I'm still a youth. <laughs> but he took a risk. You know what it was? It's an open door. Come on in. Come on in. And how many are thankful that God opens doors no man's can shut and God shuts doors no man's can open? Amen. That's not proper English, but it's good preaching. <laughs> God opens these doors. And so I just wrote this down. Your biggest regret at the end of your life won't be the things you did. It will be the things you wish you had done. Number four is a God encounter. And we're done. Galatians chapter 1, verse 13 through 16. Paul has this encounter with God. And he's reliving to retell this story. He says, you know what I was like when I followed the Jews how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews and my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. He says, but even, now watch this. You see the common tread here? But even before I was born, God chose me and he called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Saul had an encounter with God, and because of this God encounter, he realized what God was calling him to do. I don't know, it might be a calling from birth, it might be a growing awareness, it might be open, walking through open doors, it may even be a God encounter. I'm just telling you right now, some of you in here have killed your dreams of what God had for you, and I'm telling you today, God wants you to pick those back up again. God's got a call for your life. So I want to end today with this verse in Psalms chapter 32. And this is what the Lord says to you. You ready? For those in here, what's God's will for my life? Ready? The Lord says, I will guide you. And watch this. How's he going to guide me? I'm going to guide you along the best pathways for your life. And not only that, I'm going to advise you. And not only that, I'm going to watch over you. So I'm going to guide you. I'm going to advise you. And I'm going to watch over you. Hey, listen, what else do you need? What else do you need? God will do this. So here's, here's where I'm ending. I think some of us need to stop asking God for guidance. And we need to stop, start asking God to be our guide. 
Because here's what we do. God, what do you want me to do? And then we go do it and we leave him out of it. How many know God's just wanting to go this way? Let's go this way, this way, this way. Let's go this way, this way, this way, this way. God wants us to be so intimate with him that we can see clearly what he's calling us to do. Why? Because God created you on purpose for a purpose. On purpose for a purpose. On purpose for a purpose. I know today's message doesn't answer all of the details of it all. That wasn't my plan today. My plan today was to help you understand that God has a plan for you. He does have a purpose for you, and we want to help you discover that. Is it going to be in this one message? Nope. Is it going to be over the next couple of weeks, months, years? Probably. All I'm telling you is you can't steer a parked car. You serve your way into your purpose If you feel like God's calling you to do something, step out, say yes, walk through the doors. I believe God will begin to reveal and show himself to you in a fresh and new way. Amen. Father, today, God, we invite you to come and reveal yourself to us fresh and anew. God, I pray today for those that are in this room that have felt as if they are purposeless. God, I pray that you would remind them today that they were created on purpose, for a purpose, that there's no pain, no problem, no tragedy that can thwart the plans of God on their life. I pray today that you would resurrect fresh dreams, visions, passions, that we wouldn't be caught up in the confusion, the comparisons, and the counterfeits of life, but that we would hear your voice God, that as you open doors, that they would say yes and run through those doors. God, I pray, Lord, that you would surround them around people that can continue to encourage them in the purposes of God for their life. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.